Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Everybody dreams of winning big, whether that is winning the lottery or a reality show that will change your entire life and career forever. But what really happens after the confetti drops from the ceiling and the credits start rolling? I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast, and today we are talking about life after winning. Joining me on the panel today is Cosmopolitan.com's senior entertainment editor and winner of nothing, (laughs) Eliza Thompson. Hi, Eliza. Hi. Okay, I everyone who's like a routine listener to the podcast knows I'm obsessed with mentioning every time you come on the cast, and you've been on a lot, that you were on Jeopardy, fulfilling your lifelong dream. You appeared on Jeopardy. I always bring it up when you're on, and today we're actually talking about how you didn't actually win on Jeopardy. Life after losing. Life after losing. Exactly. Kicking things off on an optimistic note. But um, I think the number one question that people probably assume by your participation in Jeopardy is that you are like crazy, crazy smart. Um, I don't know if that's <laughs> true. I'm really good at trivia. It's not the same thing. What did you tell me the other day? You're like, I have a weird brain where I can like remember all of the like birth dates of the members of One Direction, but not like Yeah, like I can't remember important things like how my insurance works, but I right. can recite the entire Kardashian Jenner family tree or like <laughs> remember weird American history dates or all that kind of stuff. The important things. Yeah. Um, So you have, I always talk about this when you're on the show, but you wrote a really excellent piece for Cosmopolitan.com. Everybody Google it, RN, about your experience on Jeopardy. Um, In in some ways, it was a bittersweet piece, like talking about the reality of having this dream and having grown up watching the show and then sort of like getting there and like, you know, that's it. The whole thing was a blur. Um, That was one of the big impressions I had from reading your piece was how it sounded like it just went so fast. Like you almost assume that television is a long process and that they like edit it down. But it sounds like it wasn't really like that. Yeah, it's really fast. Um, When you get there, they, I don't know if they're still doing this, but at that time they were taping five shows a day. Uh So you show up in the morning and you get ready and then um, you just wait while the other shows are taped. And I was actually the second show of the day. And then when you like when you watch it on TV, uh, it's half an hour with commercials, and that's how they tape it on the show. Like they don't really stop that much, so basically like thirty minutes, and the show is done, and then they swap out. And the if there's a returning champion, they like go switch clothes. Um, well, there's always a returning champion, but yeah, so it's really fast, and so basically that is such a whirlwind. Yeah. it's like your entire dream is like basically 22 minutes long like I was I guess we got there at like 7 30 in the morning you have to like sign some forms you get your makeup done and then I mean there's a lot of like hanging out and then I mean I was probably like back at my hotel by noon oh my gosh yeah like I mean in time for an early lunch (laughs) yeah watched one show tape mine and then left yeah did you um ever allow yourself to think 
like I could win this. I tried not to because I didn't want to be disappointed. Yeah. But I did at some point start to think um, that I might. Right. But I I tried really hard not to get my hopes up. Right. Or like think about what I would do with the money. Right, right, right. Because if I went down that road, it was bad. It was like, I'll get an apartment with a in-unit washer and dryer. (laughs) I'll quit my entire life. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's crazy. That would be like, I would have to be like Ken Jennings level. Right, right. Well, how long do you, like, how long is your period before you could reapply? I don't think you're allowed. You're not, okay, so you get one shot and literally. Well, I think there's a caveat that it's like, Alex Trebek hosted Uh, and I also think if you do it if you're like teen Jeopardy I think you can go on like adult Jeopardy so I'm just shit out of luck so many dash dreams until Alex Trebek retires right exactly so never so never so literally never again so if you can't if you can't win Jeopardy you had your shot you blew it if you can't win Jeopardy what would be your second choice reality show to win um they used to have this show called the world series of pop culture which doesn't exist anymore if they brought that back i would go on it and i would crush everyone oh my gosh what i don't even remember this who hosted it i have no idea i just know it was on vh1 and it was like all pop culture trivia questions and you like totally super my wheelhouse yeah yeah um the only thing in my life that i have ever won and this has nothing to do with actual skill but I won a nationwide Ben and Jerry's contest and so I got to fly to their like headquarters in Vermont and like make my own (laughs) ice cream flavor and I got to be on their millennial advisory board it was like actually super cool that sounds amazing yeah it was amazing and I like met Jerry he's like a cool dude (laughs) his son is actually like lives in Brooklyn is like an aspiring rapper fun fact yeah um so i think we should talk to some people that have had better experiences (laughs) who are way luckier than we are um so let's call up some of our most winningest friends you ready yeah all right today's first guest is the winner of season 10 on mbc's the voice representing team christina she'll be returning to the voice stage this week to debut her new single deep water welcome allison porter hi allison how are you hey how are you guys good you are our first winner on today's podcast all about life after winning eliza and i before we jumped on the phone we're just talking about how we're just giant losers so (laughs) we're glad to be in your company um so what was going through your mind when carson announced your name as the winner I was honestly, like, kind of baffled and shocked. I mean, obviously, we had hoped for that outcome, but I think, like, you always, like, I don't know, like, my best friend was a runner-up for American Idol, so, like, I was prepared, Whoa. you know what I mean? Like You run I, in a popular winning circle. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but, but he didn't win, so I was like, I probably won't win either, because, like, he didn't win, so maybe I won't win, I don't know, but it was amazing, it was crazy, it was crazy to have, like, my daughter on stage with me, um, and my son, and my family, and, and, like, to see Christina, like, run up on stage, and to know that it was, like, such a big deal for her, too, and, like, such a big win for her, because she had been on the show, you know, since the beginning and right. never had a winner. So for, it was really cool, like, obviously for me, but for us together as well. And did you feel like it sounds like it sounds like there was a lot going through your mind, but it sounds like you were pretty present in the moment. Like in some ways, I would almost expect you to, ha- to also feel like I remember nothing. I went back and watched it on TV, you know, that it would feel like a real blur. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole kind of experience was sort of like that for me. It was like for some reason this particular time in my life I was really able to just like 
be in the moment and be grounded and be present. I think it's just exactly where I was supposed to be at exactly the right time. And I think when you like really follow that and you sort of like harness yourself into those moments, it it's kind of like you, it is surreal. Like it definitely was surreal, but I do also feel like there was like a very grounding feeling around all of it. That's amazing. And so what, break down what exactly you won as the winner of The Voice. (laughs) Um, Some money. Um, And you are, you are signed to a label. um, But I sort of chose to go in a different direction um, after a while. So I split with the label shortly after I won. Okay, okay. And then what about the trophy, the actual like physical <laughs> trophy they give you? What, where do you keep your trophy? It's in my living room. It's hanging out. It kind of like makes the rounds. Like sometimes it'll be in my bedroom. Sometimes <laughs> it's in my living room. It was in the kitchen for a while. I love that. It like lives around the house with everybody else. Yeah, you're like whatever room has the most people in it. Whatever right. room the kids can't reach it. Ah, uh, very important. Um, so w- what happened after you won? Like did your, you know, did you wake up the next day feeling like your entire life was different or is the weird thing that it's sort of just like life goes along as normal it's both I mean I woke up in New York like the ne- like pretty much the next day like you go to sleep at like well you like don't go to sleep and then you get up at like four in the morning yeah and you fly to New York and you do a bunch of press and that definitely was exciting and I was also like what is happening like this is such a crazy whirlwind um but yeah it's both like You know, for me, I chose to go the more independent artist route. So it's a lot more responsibility personally to kind of like make that work and figure out, you know, like I was really passionate about releasing music that felt like me and was authentic to who I represented myself to be on the show. And I didn't want to come out with like a whole different vibe because that would be weird and that's not me. Right. So um, for me, it's really just been about playing shows and I'm and doing personal appearances like all over the country and then just being in the studio. So I've just been writing really ever since I won uh, for myself for for my project, um, I wrote my EP in Nashville, and so we're really just working on getting that out as soon as possible. Um, and then also like writing for other people because I love songwriting, so I've always tried to keep that sort of in the mix because it helps me. It helps me get like the other styles of music out of my system, and then f- like help me focus more on exactly what I want to do for myself. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, no, almost like you got to kind of work through it and then like pick. You know, totally. I, c- I could understand how for a writer that sort of process of doing a lot of different like kinds of music would really yeah. help you, would give you more perspective on like what you want your own sound to exactly, be. Exactly, exactly. So, do you feel like you know it's interesting that you decided to walk away from this deal that was part of your winning package but at the same time did the voice open up these other opportunities for you yeah I mean the voice did and then also like other writers that um that I've known for a long time and that you know came back around once I won and started writing for myself um my really good friend Faraz Alcazi who's an incredible singer and songwriter and signed to Katy Perry and um just wrote her new single um, we wrote a song together and he was like, you know, I really think that you need to work with this guy, Greg Wells, who's an incredible producer. And he sent the song to Greg and literally the next day, Greg and I were working together. So it was like, that's amazing. I had enough personal connections from before and, um, to kind of like really navigate my way through what this new chapter would be like. And I really love the people that 
I, you know, that I write with and that I work with the most. So for us to just sort of be able to take it to the next level together and not have anyone sort of intervening and, you know, figuring it out on our own, you know, that's, I'm, I'm definitely more of a hands-on artist and I, and, you know, I write everything. So for me, that's like the number one thing. If I don't feel like I'm being supported in that, then it just doesn't feel right to me. And that's basically the reason why I decided to sort of go my own way. And do you feel like there's any downside of winning The Voice? Like you obviously have been taking this seriously at a professional level for a really long time. Has there been any run-ins where people like assume that you're sort of like, you know, they hear The Voice and they think that it means you're like, fluffy or like yeah, a certain there kind is. Of star. There is for, there's for sure a stigma, I think, on anyone that's ever done a singing show. Um, I, it's just sort of part of it. Maybe labels don't take it as seriously or, um, you know, it, 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 it can have that stigma around it. But I think there are also a lot of people that have sort of broken that, like Melanie Martinez, who was on The Voice, who's an incredible, mm-hmm. you know, real artist and just is so visual and incredibly talented. And then, you know, people like Billy Gilman, who, you know, had a career before and is having a crazy career after. Um, yeah, because, you know, obviously all of these shows are designed with entertainment value for a mass audience in mind. But at the right. same time, like they have, you know, there's sort of a shared incentive to bring actually talented people onto it. You no, know? totally. I mean, I really have never seen a group of people more talented than my season was. And I mean, every season of The Voice is insanely talented and I'm just focusing on mine. And I've spent time with seasons after mine last, last season and this season and everybody is insane. But to, to be around all of those people and to sort of feed off of their energy and talk to them about, you know, what it's like and kind of have that camaraderie is huge. And they're ridiculously talented and honestly I wouldn't say there's a downside to winning I mean winning is incredible like you know to to be able to say you know you won the voice with Christina Aguilera as your coach is a huge monumental thing I would just say that it really still depends on what you choose to do with your own career and how you see yourself and and do you rely on you know being the winner of the voice or do you continue on and just keep pushing forward in the music industry which is you know, what you have to do regardless of who's supporting you or not, you know? Right. And have you had any, um, and I think that makes perfect sense, like use this as a career boost, but it's obviously like just that, a little boost. You still have to put in the work and have the talent, of course. Have you had any like weirdos come out of the woodwork being like, listen to my daughter's demo tape and it's like your fourth (laughs) grade teacher? (laughs) There's always that. I mean, you know, and it's sweet. Everybody deserves, you know, to be heard. And it, it can get You're a so nice. It can get a little overwhelming when you're just, like, super busy. Um, but, I, you know, you never know. Like, what if you discover the next, like, huge thing? <laughs> right, right. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And um, did Christina give you any advice about life after winning and about your career? She gives me advice, like, every day. Oh, we, my God. You're like, girl, I have to blog you. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're really funny. Like, our our relationship is really funny, and we're, we're super, super similar. We're really sensitive um, and, like, loving and, and just, like, all about, like, girlfriends and girl power and moms. And so we're always talking about whether it's the kids or music mm-hmm. or dudes or whatever it is. You know, we, we're always kind of, like running things by each other and I think the one thing that like I learned the most from her is just that like 
at the end of the day, it's about your talent. And, you know, like to focus on that and focus on your art and focus on your music and focus on the people you're surrounding yourself with, selves with that can, you know, help push that forward. And she's just like, you know, like I was doing some, some projects that I knew like weren't exactly what I wanted to be doing. And then when I sent her deep water for the first time, she emailed me back right away, like in full capitals, like now that's the Allison, like I know and love, like this Um. is it girl. Like you got it. You know, like you had to go on this journey to get here. And it's like, you know, hearing that from someone like her, it never gets old and yeah. she is a friend now and like the whole like oh my god she's Christina Aguilera thing is kind of less prominent yeah. but but still like she has such a huge um she knows her stuff she's, she's brilliant and she's been around forever so for her to to sort of say that was like the nail in the coffin like yes we're on the right path yeah what a vote of confidence so before we have to let you go tell us first of all where everyone should follow you and what we need to know about the new the new single um, my Instagram is where I'm the most active, <laughs> um, and that's Al, uh, I am Allison. Oh, sorry. Wow, this I'm screwing it up. The most important thing <laughs> that happens um, all it, the time. It's it like does. it's saying we, it's there's something weird about put, saying your like, Instagram. Put my own Instagram into yeah. okay, I am underscore Allison with an A A L I S A N Porter, um, and my new single Deep Water is on Spotify and Amazon and Apple Music, iTunes, anywhere you can download. Um, it's really amazing to finally have music out. I'm really super proud of this song. Well, congratulations on the winning on the song and then an amazing career. Um, thank you so much for telling us about all the um, wonderful things that have happened. <laughs> We're so glad to have a non-loser join us on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Allison. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our next guest is a two-time Jeopardy! champion and also the Weddings and DIY writer at BuzzFeed. Here to chat with us about what it's like to be a winner of one of the longest-running game shows on TV is Terry Post. Hi, Terry. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. And I think you already know this, but Eliza, who's on the line, is actually a Jeopardy loser. Yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say? Everyone's a Jeopardy loser, even Ken Jennings. That is oh. also true. Oh, good you one. You have to lose eventually. That's true. Uh-huh, exactly. That's true. Um, so, Terry, I know um, I was talking to Eliza about this before you jumped on the phone. For her, Jeopardy going on the show was a lifelong dream. What about you? Did you grow up watching it? Why did you decide to go on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, my memories of eating dinner at home, usually the TV wasn't on, but if the timing was right and, you know, we were all feeling a little relaxed, we'd put on Jeopardy. And I remember my dad just knowing everything. And my mom knew a lot, too, but my dad is really into trivia. And I, I guess I got that gene from him. Because when I became a teenager, I think was around when I was like, oh, I know a lot of these, too. And I would start chiming in. My parents were like, do, do kids Jeopardy, do teen Jeopardy, do college Jeopardy. And I was like, nah, nah, I don't know, whatever. Um, And then when I was in college, I think it really started to solidify for me that it was something I really wanted to do. I lived in my sorority house for two years, and we would have it on DVR, and we would sit and watch Jeopardy every day. Oh, my gosh. Like, brainiest sorority ever. In my sorority, we just watched the OC. (laughs) Anyway, carry on. A lot of that, too. It's like Gossip Girl or Jeopardy, really, depending on the day, if I had the controller. 
Um, and enough people were like, you know, you should really do this, that I was really starting to think about it. And then one day after college, I got kind of worried that Alex Trebek was going to retire, and I really wanted to go on so I could meet him. So I finally was like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to take the test. I'm probably not going to pass. And people take the test a bunch of times before they ever get on. So, you know, I have a couple years to practice. Um, so I finally took the test in January of 2014, and to my shock, I got uh, an interview to be on the show that very time I took it. So That's amazing. I think we took the same test because I... Oh, really? Wait. No, wait. Sorry. <laughs> I can't remember years. It might have been 2015. <laughs> the years, they all blend oh. together. <laughs> so one thing that I think well, is... One thing I think is so interesting about Jeopardy is obviously you have this, you know, point of view as a viewer that the people on this show are so, so, so smart. And like, obviously, you're a genius. Eliza here, too, is a genius. But I think what's interesting is in addition to being super smart, you the contestants really prepare before going on. So can you talk a a little about that and how you are sort of like going in it to win it? Yeah. So I will say and. Like, I retain a bunch of random information without trying. Like, I remember people's birthdays, and then it gets really creepy when two years later I run into them. I'm like, oh, yeah, October 21st, happy birthday. And they're like, seriously, go away. So I think when I went on the show, I knew that there was a lot that I probably didn't need to brush up on. Like, I'm pretty good with U.S. presidents, U.S. states, capitals. Those are things that come up a lot that, like, I just really know down pat. And so then what I started doing is just watching a lot of the show. I would stand in my apartment or in my sister's apartment, have like a little clicky pen in my hand and pretend to buzz it for the answers. And whenever there was something... Eliza's nodding. (laughs) She remembers the clicky pen. Watching the show is the best preparation. I I heard that from so many people and it was so true. And every time there was something I didn't know, I'd write it down on a little note card um, and then practice those a ton of times because they don't repeat questions, but there are topics and categories that really do come up a lot. Like they'll always ask about world history. They'll always ask about, you know, like, uh, what was it? Charles Dickens always comes up. Yeah. Um, Christie always comes up. So, um, yeah, those note cards helped a lot. And I went online and tried to look up Jeopardy Pavlovs, which are leading clues. So basically every time there's a clue on the show, they include some kind of information that will lead you to the answer more quickly because you are in a time crunch when you're answering it. So anytime they ask about um, – like a Danish astronomer. If it says Danish and astronomer, it's always Tycho Brahe. Always. It's what? not going to anyone else. You don't even have to read the rest of the question. You just know it's him, and that's what they call Pavlov. So I made a lot of note cards for those two. My mind is um, exploding at this <laughs> moment in time. <laughs> Wait, and also, who, who are the people that are, like, writing this information? Uh, like, these are just, like, Jeopardy fans? Yeah, there's uh, message boards online, um, Jboard, if you go on there. Yeah, it's um, this a is lot like, of people who it goes on the deep. show. <laughs> it goes deep. They do episode-by-episode episode recaps, and people chime in with questions they thought were weirded, wor- weirded wordly, worded weirdly, hmm. <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. Are there, like, conspiracy uh, theories, tales of cheating and deceit? <laughs> You know, really not. I, oh, okay, just checking. It's such a wholesome community. Yeah. I really mean it. Like, people are competitive, but only within themselves, you know? And then they're just always so happy for everyone else and excited. So as far as 
preparing knowledge. That was what I did. And then um, I did a little bit of practicing wagering also, Mm. which math is not my strong suit. And I have a sister who was in engineering by education. And so she was like, I'll help you. Let's do it. We'd watch the show. And every time there was a daily double, she would pause and say, okay, based on the category, how much money you have and how much everyone else has, how much you wager. And I was terrible at it. And she kept being like, no, like, you're not doing this right. And she was like, at one point, I think I was being so conservative with my wager. She was like, okay, when in doubt, go big or go home. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And so then fast forward to when I'm on the show and I bet $10,000 on a question about Arctic animals, about which I know nothing. Oh, my God, and I have goosebumps. Oh. And after I yell at her, I'm like, Natalie, you told me to go big or go home. She was like, hey, you need to. You forgot the last part of it. Um, so, yeah. I did study a little bit of wagering, but not nearly enough, um, apparently. But that's actually so interesting because I was always sort of like, it's blind luck. Like, who knows anything about wagering? But like, (laughs) of course, now I really, this is why I'm never, never going to be on the show. Um, So did you allow yourself, did you go in thinking like, I could really win this? Or was that a surprise? Or were you like allowing in the deepest, darkest corners of your mind to believe that it could happen? I knew that I knew enough to win. I mean, watching the show, I would know 70 to 80% of the questions. Um, So I was like, if it was just going up there and there's no other conditions like other players or a time crunch or anything, yeah, like I would do well. And then as it got closer, I started getting really paranoid about, you know, the buzzer. You could know every question. And if someone buzzes in before you and they know also you don't get to answer it. Right. So I had a nightmare a couple nights before the show where I was like, what if I just don't answer anything? Right. Or like, what if I know it and then my brain freezes because I'm so nervous and then I don't answer it. I definitely entertained a lot of those, <laughs> probably more than I should. Well, Luckily, it didn't turn out that way. But um, yeah. But I mean, I was just going to yeah. say, I think of for all the preparing you can doing, all, all the little mini lessons in wagering and all the brushing up on trivia and all the like, you know, deep spirals into the message boards, like you can't really simulate what it's like to be that nervous. <laughs> That's very true. And to me, that feels <laughs> like a real X factor. What? And you shouldn't. You shouldn't yeah. take yourself out for it. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. One question I have, when I was about to go on the show, I mean, I was nervous about losing and, like, being prepared. But another thing that really freaked me out was, like, what if I said something really stupid and became a meme? Um, oh, my God. <laughs> like, you know that guy who, like, said the weird, he answered the question about age of consent, and it was just like, dude, what's wrong with oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> I was really afraid of being that dude. Did you have similar fears? <laughs> One thing I thought about is... And I'm sure other people deal with this, too. You know how you'll see a word written out a lot, but you've never said it out loud? Oh, yeah. Am I saying this word right? And it actually happened, and I saw someone commented on it on the message board. And I'm going to say it wrong now. In my head, I'm like, which one is it? It's um, in Greek mythology, the guy who falls in love with his own reflection. Is it Narcissus or Narcissus? Narcissus, right? Narcissus, I think. But it's narcissism if you're talking about the... Right. I'm like, I have no so idea. I, I'll let the two people who have been on Jeopardy battle this one out. <laughs> Something similar. I don't know it. And I said the wrong one on TV. And after I'm like, I don't think I said that right. Oh, and no. Someone called me out on it. I was, I was worried about that. Yeah. Something similar happened to me where I pronounced a French word kind of weird. And somebody tweeted at oh. me during the show. I think it was um, 
patisserie and they like made fun of me and I was like I don't speak French I it doesn't matter yeah Alex gave it to me (laughs) that's I would have never even thought about that but you're so right especially because like a lot of this stuff that you're learning is obviously things that you're reading and you know like there's I would sure I'm sure there's a ton of things I basically only know how to pronounce like 50 percent of (laughs) any given words in the English language correctly let alone lucky yes yeah yeah definitely so okay so then what happened you went in feeling like I could really do this and then you did you won what did that moment feel like it was surreal um I had I was coming off that ten thousand dollar wager which I got wrong I before that I was really far ahead and feeling like very confident and um I didn't think I was gonna know the final jeopardy I thought the other two people around me were gonna know it and so I was just really, really, really taken by surprise. And then when you're on the show and you win, you know, you stand in that little circle with Alex Trebek and the cameras capture it and you can't tell what they're saying, but you can tell they're talking about something. And as soon as the cameras cut out, one of the producers runs up, grabs you by the arm, is like, you gotta go get changed. <gasps> you have to go back into the green room and put on your outfit. And I, I forgot that was something I had to do because I just honestly hadn't really been banking on winning, I guess, at that point. Right. And so I changed my shirt, but I kept on the same skirt. And then people commented on that the next day. They were like, you're wearing the same skirt two days in a row. I'm like, dude, like, really? Like, there's a lot of pressure. Oh, my God. Nothing gets by those dummies on the Internet, huh? It's so true. It's hard to come up with a Jeopardy outfit, too. You can't wear prints. You can't Mm -hmm. wear colors that, like, go in. Like, I remember one woman on my taping day had to change because her her outfit, like, blended in with the the background. Oh, my gosh. That happened on mine, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. What do these people change into? They tell you to bring it. They tell you what to bring, but they... I don't. She. I think you have to bring like two or three outfits. Wow. I had to borrow mm-hmm. a sweater from my mom because I had nothing that was like <laughs> the right color or not printed. And that also I, got made um, fun of by Twitter. And I was like, I had to borrow it from my mom. I didn't have the right clothes. <laughs> oh my god, no Wait, chill. Yeah. Oh, god. I remember when that woman Julia Collins was on, and she kept wearing just a different colored sweater. And was like, wow, all she wears is sweaters. I'm like. Guys, do you realize the timeline of this and how many restrictions they are? Like, right. that's a little bit better. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you can't just show up in your cute like Topshop halter dress. No. <laughs> my mom was very particular about helping me, and she's so good at this, finding the right color and like what kind of blouse. And she was particularly horrified because when we were leaving the hotel, I didn't have a garment bag with hangers. I just like shoved my other outfits into a bag and they got all rumpled and my mom's like oh my god oh my god all these years that i've raised you and this is what you're doing <laughs> and then i get to the place and everyone else's garment bags i'm like i got my tote bag and my little clothes shoved in here they're getting wrinkled uh, <laughs> oh my gosh so advice for future jeopardy contestants always listen to your parents um it's true what did you terry what did you do with your winnings so i I got myself an iPad. It was like one of the first things oh. I did. And I went on a trip with my sisters. And then otherwise, I guess I've been saving it. Um, you know, having those winnings has made living in New York a little more comfortable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't say I like bought a car or a house or anything. I, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. And how much money did you win in total? I won, I think, over... $36,000. Oh, my God. That's the most money I can ever imagine. That's so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> and, yeah, and the other thing, yeah, I didn't really go on thinking, like, I want to win a bunch of money. I was like, 
I'm a nerd, and this is the ultimate nerdy thing I can do. And so when it actually came time to sign the sheet that said how much money I made, I was like, whoa, I did that in like right. you know, an hour. Cool. That's so, amazing. It, it pays to be a nerd. It um, does. Yeah. And sense. final question. What advice would you give or have you given to other people trying out for Jeopardy? Oh, oh yeah. I've given out, given out a lot of advice. Uh, number one is something we talked about, which is watch the show. I mean, that really is the best preparation you can do. Um I think just have fun with it. I think there were a lot of regrets I had after about things I didn't buzz in on because I wasn't sure about. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying. I wish I had a better answer for this right now. Um, yeah. I think if, if it's someone who's deciding whether or not they want to take the test, just do it. You know, it's how long does it take to do the test? Five minutes or something. And if you know it doesn't work out, you'll take it again, or you'll never do it again. Right. But just the decision to do that did changed my life in a way and I'm so happy I did it so just just try do you um do all of your friends like have first dibs on you for their various trivia nights I'm sure it's winning has made you very popular on the trivia circuit oh yeah I actually started hosting trivia after um, oh my gosh where do you do it well I don't do it anymore okay um but I was in a little bit of withdrawal and I just wanted to be still kind of in that world but yeah I, I try to play trivia a lot it's a lot of fun and actually at work I've gotten into doing more trivia and facts posts because it's part of my identity I've always had and now it's kind of like something that pretty much everyone who meets me knows so I'm like okay I'm gonna embrace it and it's, yeah. it's fun so I'm just gonna take it as far as I can lean in girl lean in <laughs> yeah. well Terry thank you so much for joining us and um, telling us what it's like to be a Jeopardy winner instead of a Jeopardy loser <laughs> just kidding Eliza I love you um, and Terry where obviously people can check out all the amazing things you write out you write on BuzzFeed where is the best place for people to follow you on social if they want to hit you up to join their trivia team or whatever uh, they can reach me on Twitter. I'm at at T-E-P-O-U-S. Um, that would probably be the best way to find me. And uh, I don't tra- check Twitter as often as, as I should. But if I see the word Jeopardy or trivia in there, I'll, I'll definitely get back to you quickly. <laughs> You'll give them a fave. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Terry. It was great to talk to you. Thank, Thank you. Great talking to you. Bye. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our last guest is the winner of the Oxygen reality show, The Battle of the Ex-Besties. She endured living in a house for weeks and competing in challenges with her ex-best friend, ultimately winning the cash prize of $50,000. Welcome, Christy Jeffrey. Hey, Christy. Hi, how are you? Good, good. So first of all, like, walk us through the concept of this show. Like, WTF, did you know you what you were getting into? Did you know you were going on a reality show with your ex-best friend? Okay, so I had no idea that Katie, my ex-bestie, would be on this show. So when I signed up, they told me it was a reality competition show, which it was. But they had a different name, like in quotations, of what it would be. Right. And so that first day on the bus, she was on a different bus and when I walked up and then we there was a big wall between us and we took a step forward I mean it was I was completely shocked and they tricked all of us everything had no idea so did you apply for the show and how did they tease out that you were a person that has happens to have like a frenemy in your life well you know what's funny okay so um I actually I got one of my like uh 
old roommate that I used to live with knows this casting producer, and she said, hey, I think my friend Christy would be great for any show you have. And so they reached out to me first, ah. and, then, and they just asked me, hey, do you have, I, like, do you have any ex-best uh, friends? And I thought it was so weird. They were, like, kept asking about it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I do. And then they kept digging and digging, and I said her full name. So then ah. they found her Facebook. Oh my gosh! So they were yeah. they were they they were tipping you off a little to the fact that there might be some drama involved. Well, yes, you know what? Now looking back, of course, but I asked them so many times. I was like, okay, I don't want to be on a dramatic show. I wanted to be. I thought it was just a competition show. And they told us we'd be competing for a hundred thousand dollars on our own. Ah. So that's really what I thought it was going to be. Right. Like I had no idea to be a teammate and. I thought it was for 100000 Right, right. So you were basically lied to from start to finish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I was so mad at that producer. I couldn't, like, talk to him the entire time because I couldn't believe how much they lied. Right, right. So basically, in conclusion, reality TV, nothing about it is real. <laughs> I mean, the actual drama in the house was real, but, yeah, but the, what they told us was not true at all. Right. So, I, yeah, I don't know how it even was portrayed really that much what other people took from it we had no idea no but was going through all the craziness and all the lies and drama was it worth it to win fifty thousand dollars oh my gosh of course (laughs) and so what have you what have you done with your winnings um i mean we had to wait until the finale um to to keep it a secret yeah yeah, because, yeah, they wanted to make sure we didn't tell anybody or blurt it to anybody. So I actually just got the money three weeks ago. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Thank like, you. drinks on you, Christy. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's very exciting. But we waited a full year since we filmed it to get that money. Oh, my gosh. So in the amount of time between filming it and it airing, you obviously knew you were a winner. And I'm sure you had to sign away everything in your life and basically promise that you wouldn't blab about it. I always wonder, yeah. though, I mean, you told some people, right? Like, you didn't actually, about, like, you told your mom, right? Oh, my gosh, no, I didn't. You didn't tell anyone? You know what's funny? I didn't tell. I told, so the only people that I had to tell was my employer. Well, they, a lot of, okay, so I never said the words, but they would say, okay, you have to win because you were there so long because they knew I stayed the full time of filming. So they're like, uh, okay, we know you made it to the end. Right. But I, I never said the words because I was, they, they threatened us and they said, if you tell anybody, we could take the check away. So uh. I... I was like, I was like, think what you want, say what you want, and they'd be like, okay, you won. We know you won. I'd be like, I don't know, but like, right, I like I can't confirm or deny. Yes, exactly. I was so like innocent about it. Yeah. Right. So you literally told no one. No. Also. Oh my God. Well, of course you you have to say that now. You can call me later and tell me the real story when we're not recording. <laughs> <laughs> so how has your life changed since this all happened? Um, I mean, well, number one, having just money and my savings now is like I've been like I'm a struggling I work in fashion like a struggling girl in LA so I've never even seen a check that big yeah same girl ever yeah exactly so it's it's you know what's funny I thought it was just gonna be the best like thing it's a little overwhelming in kind of a weird way where I'm just like oh my gosh like okay I really want to be smart with this and it makes you almost want to like not spend it because you just can't believe you have it right oh my god yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off do you i was gonna say do you need to like do something boring like get a financial planner i think i should yeah 
yeah, my cousin's an accountant. I'm like, okay, I oh, need yeah. to with this. Yeah, exactly. They always talk about how when you win a lot of money, people come out of the woodwork to ask you for things, but you can come out of the woodwork and ask your cousin for things. I know exactly. Yeah, I know everyone's like, do not give any money away. I'm like, no, but these past three weeks, I really, I, whenever I'm out getting drinks or like food, I'm like, oh, get this one. And I'm like, oh my God, I see how it can go quickly because you think you have so much. Right, right. Oh my gosh. And now oh, you're going to end up being one of the like true Hollywood stories. Oh my God, don't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're going to talk to your cousin, the accountant. It's all going to be fine. And um, have you had people recognizing you from the show? And have there been other ways, you know, beyond just the money, other ways that this show has transformed your life? Um, yeah, so I've had, I mean, not a ton of people recognize me. Probably like 10, though. And it's really funny. It's the same demographic. It's like 15 to 20 year olds. Yeah. Uh, the group who's like recognizes me and they just say oh, are you are you that girl on tv and it's so funny because i'm like okay i don't know how many people watch this show but when somebody knows and recognizes you because you were on tv they think like you must be living the most glamorous life and i'm right. like not true at all but um further than that though yeah i mean i've gotten now, now casting um producers are reaching out to me just about other shows and it's kind of tricky because once you do it and like, yeah, I was awful during it, but now I'm like, whoa, I kind of made a lot of money in a short amount of time relatively. Like maybe there's something to this and I can see how you would do more reality shows. Right. And, you know, even, you know, getting other offers and even if you're not, if everything isn't exactly right or you're turning things down, like it's certainly beneficial to have it raise your profile and it's more exciting to have the offers than to not have the offers. So yeah, I could oh see, I could see that would be a little addictive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is. And yeah, the whole time you're on the show and like the filming and everything, I mean, it's really like all about you. So it's a very weird thing. It feels like a weird camp. When right. You're doing it. And, and are, yeah. is your ex-best friend still your ex-best friend? Uh, yeah, we're not friends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she would, she would want to be friends. But I was just like, I mean, ha- no, it's not meant to be. We're not friends. Yeah. Did not she good. win money, too? Yeah, so we split it. You split yeah. it. Okay. So you guys can at least like... um take your money and run away from each other oh oh my gosh well yeah it's so funny now it's kind of it was nice we kind of like buried the hatchet and like okay cool now we're done right that was you know what i'm saying i don't hate her now i wouldn't run the other way if i saw her but right it was a thing that we did and it was bonding to win that much money with somebody but i'm done like we're over it you're you're done you're done (laughs) well thank you so much christy um and it looks like we'll be seeing you on reality tv again soon maybe so maybe (laughs) awesome thanks christy bye okay bye eliza what have you taken away from today's episode about life after winning um it's actually kind of comforting it doesn't sound like you're missing out yeah i mean maybe i would have more money yeah but like who doesn't want more money right exactly exactly that was something i already that was something i already knew about myself in my life (laughs) um i feel like one thing that was super interesting and i can't believe we've never talked about this before since i'm obviously obsessed with talking about your experience on jeopardy but um what terry was saying about pronouncing words that seems so real to me and like i think like you said any time in 2017 that you're going on television there is this fear that you are going to be a punchline and people are going to make a meme out of you totally so that is like we talked about life after winning but like life after being a meme is that's a darkness yeah that none of us want. and there are so many jeopardy ones like yeah. i think there was a guy who said beyonce's name wrong oh which is no just like a crime against humanity right taken there's to the hague there's <laughs> no <laughs> there is no coming back from that um yeah so at least that didn't happen to me 
Yeah. And I, I also thought it was really interesting what Allison was saying about, you know, part of her prize package was sort of including this, um, you know, contract with a record label. But she sort of took her fame and decided to go in a different direction, which is cool, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I feel both inspired by our winners that we talked to today, but also like I feel fine being like just a loser. Yeah. yeah, but you know, if they ever bring back Rock of Love, I will go on and I will try to win. <laughs> Rock of Love, or whatever was the other thing you said, World Pop World cultures. Series of Pop Culture. <laughs> right. I, don't, I only want to be on extinct reality shows. <laughs> oh my god! Well, pretty soon there'll be enough of them that that feels like that could be its own, like I don't know, Apple Music spinoff, <laughs> <laughs> like reviving extinct reality shows. Yeah, Apple, hit me up. Um, well, Eliza, thank you so much for joining us on an episode of the podcast today, especially one where we got to talk in depth about Jeopardy, my favorite thing to do. Um, in addition to reading all of the amazing entertainment pieces that you're putting up day in, day out on Cosmopolitan.com, do you want to shout out your Twitter handle so people can follow you there? Yes, you can follow me at Thompson Plaid, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-P-L-A-I-D. And as always, you guys, I'm at Elisa Benson on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatevs. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast. If there's something you want to see us talk about next week, life after being a meme, I thought that was kind of a good idea that I just had on the spot. IDK, you tell me. Hit me up and let me know. And as always, please share and subscribe and like and do all those podcasty things. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.